0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: wasn't our usual opening uh, foray, and that's because we're doing a special Quick Treks tonight where we're going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery Season 3, the trailer that just dropped today in honor of Star Trek Day. So I figured, what better way to put everybody in the mood to talk about Star Trek Discovery than to play the theme song from Star Trek Discovery. So here we are. We're going to be live with you guys for the next hour. Our phone number here is Six six eight two four three three. If you'd like to call and share your thoughts about the Star Trek Discovery uh, season three trailer, or maybe you watched a panel or two and you want to share your thoughts or insights on that, please give us a call. We are live. Six four six six eight two four three three is the number. I'm your most excellent
2: host, Uncle Jim.
1: And with me, as usual, are my Trek experts. We'll start off with Eric. Eric is out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric?
2: Uh, I am doing very good. You know, it has been 509 days since the last episode of Star Trek Discovery aired, and I am more excited than ever to talk about season three tonight, guys. What a trailer! What a trailer! No,
1: it was worth the wait, I think. Uh, And uh, we also have with us Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles?
3: I'm doing well. It's been a strange few days. Let me just give you an idea. Las Vegas hit an all-time temperature for September of 114. Yesterday, the sky was... So full of smoke that by the end of the day, the sun was an orange, purplish circle that you would just easily look at. Today, I think the city was blown about an inch north as the wind just came in and just pushed the city, including all the smoke. So it's been a three, three days of craziness. And then, just, and then all the Star Trek Star Trek Day hits. So now I'm ready to go hit
4: CBS All well, well,
3: and try catching all the details.
1: That's the most important thing, Star Trek Day. Let's get that straight right right now. <laughs> so yeah. right now. <laughs> I I found it I found it difficult to find the, the Star Trek Day panels at Star Trek dot com until Charles told me how to do it, and uh, yeah. then, they, then they came right up, which was cool, but um, if you guys have uh, CBS All Access, you can catch them there at your leisure, which is, which is how I watched pretty much all of them. I came home from work, and my daughter and I watched the season three trailer, oh, 15, 20 times, and um, then we watched some of the panels. And it's, it's been a really good Star Trek day. This is what they should have done for the 50th anniversary instead of dropping the ball and doing nothing. So, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. We're going to talk about the Star Trek Discovery Star Trek. Season 3 trailer. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, there's going to be spoilers. 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 So, uh, you've been warned. <laughs> but, of course... If you didn't want spoilers, I don't think you would be here with us right now anyways, but there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen the trailer and you want to go and see it, you want to run away now because I'm going to play it right now. Now, I ripped off the audio, so this is audio only, but this will kind of wet your whistle a little bit and get you more in
0: the mood. Let's show them who we are. We traveled into the future. 930 years. A one-way trip. No going back. the discovery, come in. Discovery, do you copy? You have reached year 3,188. Is there life here? Anywhere? Multiple life signs detected. Yeah. disconnected but we are also together you know from around these parts the Federation mostly collapsed after the, the burn the burn was the day the galaxy took a hard left the Federation isn't just about ships the Federation is its people
3: I've always believed that you were out there somewhere and that
0: we were part of the Federation no matter what welcome to the future Dysfunction aside you all make a pretty good team. This luncheon is a team. We've just accepted it. No, we haven't. True believer. Yeah. Time traveler. There was no other way. The thing is, you've got no authority here. Let's show them who we are. Gave us the resources and the mandate to solve the biggest, most troublesome problems in the galaxy. And I may question, and I may fear, because the problems often seem insurmountable, but haven't we always risen to meet them? We have work to do, but if things are easy... It wouldn't be worth it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I know that's only the audio and that doesn't do it justice, but that's the trailer that was aired for Star Trek Day today on the Star Trek Discovery panel at 3 o'clock this afternoon. So there you have it. Where to start? Where to start? Wow. Well, the first place we're going to start is we're going to answer the phone line because we have a caller. And let's see if I can click here and let's see. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What is your name and where are you calling
4: us from tonight? Hi, uh, my name is David. I'm calling from Portland.
1: Hey, David. Hey, What's David? going on, buddy?
3: <laughs>
1: I'm doing good. How are you? So, Welcome. David, I'll let you start. Did you did you watch the Star Trek Discovery Season 3 trailer yet?
4: I have, and that actually why I'm calling, because I just realized that trailer kind of made my theory a little bit more up there. <laughs> so
1: why don't you get us started? What did you think about the trailer and what was your favorite part?
4: Um, my favorite part actually was the time when uh, Burnham crash landed on the planet and was uh, searching for the crew. And she got super excited when the, the shoot told her that there was multiple, uh, and kind of like ones. <laughs> and that her yeah. reaction to that kind of made me feel like, whoa, you know, it kind of made me goose bumpy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know, David, the, the trailer actually
1: brought tears to my eyes. It's been so long that we've been waiting for Discovery. And I was just like, oh, my God, this was worth the wait. This was so awesome. I just watched it and watched it and watched it, and then watched it again, and watched it a few more times. Uh, it, it, It was that good. So, well, Eric, you know, guys, we do these little things called quick treks when something happens in the Star Trek world, and we always talk about these things on Trek Talking, which we will on Thursday. But when something like this drops, we want to get it out immediately, and we want you guys to hear our very first honest Reactions and as soon as I saw this trailer, it popped up there. My phone binged and there was a message from from uh, our Trek talking page and it was Eric saying, "Quick Trek, 7:30." I said, "You betcha," and here we are. <laughs> so, Eric, why don't you jump right in and tell us what you thought about the trailer?
2: Whew. All right. Um, well, I was actually pretty impressed with the level of um, what I call spoilers or just information that we were actually given by this trailer. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of the things that we sort of conjectured about and kind of theorized on and that sort of stuff have really now absolutely a hundred percent been confirmed. Um, no question. Uh, you know, we, we have the Federation being named here by um, I think his name's Booker, right? Is it Booker or book? Booker. The new guy. Booker. Right? Booker, yeah. So we Cleveland have him absolutely reference. Yeah, so we have him referencing uh, the Federation. We have him specifically referencing the collapse of the Federation and an event called the Burn that led to the collapse of the Federation. And and now we still don't know what the Burn is, but we know that it was the day the galaxy took a hard left, Right. So something changed that caused the collapse of the Federation and that brings us to the future that we're going to see here. Um, So that was, that's kind of just confirmation of the stuff that we've all been talking about for a few months. I love the, the fact that the trailer kind of follows the timeline of the show I think because it, you know, it starts out showing them still traveling to the future with Michael leading the way in the time suit. It kind of shows some stuff that they go through uh, presumably throughout the series, throughout various um, episodes. It shows a couple of new characters. It shows I cheered when I saw Tig Notaro. I was like, Yeah, she's back. Jen is back. Jay Reno is back.
1: <laughs> um, it was so great was pretty to cool. see her. Absolutely,
2: that was pretty cool. And then um, the one thing that I think it probably confirmed more than anything, and I don't know, I'm really interested to hear what you guys say about this, is that it shows the Discovery doing a spore jump. Uh, It shows the thing flipping around and doing the jump. And so I'm wondering if this trailer is showing us the, you know, the moment of truth at the end of the season here where the thing jumps back um, to the 2200s. Uh, or not? I don't know. That was my that was my supposition. But just goose bumpy all over. I totally agree with you guys. There's so much more to talk about here. But my overall impression was holy smokes! I'm super excited um, for the season here.
1: Yeah, I I agree. How about you? What do you think, Charles?
3: Well, I just throw a little bit of monkey wrench, Eric thing. But as I got to flip through a little bit of in the Star Trek day, I got to see bits and pieces of some short treks. Especially Calypso, which reminds us the Discovery ship days back in time.
0: I'm
3: just going to say back in time. Days in the future. So we know there's something going on in there, too. Because almost all of our short tricks have been tied in together, except for the escape artist and Calypso for discovery. But I think this also reinforces and reminds me of one of the things that I've heard details about, and I think this spoiler kind of helps with that. I think we're going to see Michael Burnham and the ship leave off where we last saw them. As Michael Burnham's leading them on, the discovery is going to go one direction, she's going to go into another, and she has to stop and then try finding them, which is why you see this excitement about saying, are there life forms here? Yes, there are life forms here. Because I think she loses discovery. I think she gets caught in a time frame where she's got to constantly jump to find them. And it doesn't take her hours. I think it takes her weeks or months to find them. So I think it's going to be an interesting time frame in one character that caught uh, my eye and I will have to go back and look for him again. But we see a guy a, a blue mate a blue character with double.
0: And he for some reason just
3: caught my attention.
1: Yeah, oh, because oh, he's here, a doubly um, Andorian. Uh, a bearded
3: Andorian. Well, he, he must might be from Andorian, the
2: Mirror Universe. But, yeah, but we usually don't see Andorians with facial hair. And this guy had very. I like it from obvious, the mirror Universe. Yeah, I was gonna the, uh, going to uh, say the. uh like the Star, The Star Trek RPG manual shows pictures of uh, Andorians with uh, facial hair. So, for what it's worth, you're right. We have never seen one on camera. So, that was kind of a a way to look make him look more haggard, you know, like he's been through some stuff Yeah, recently. But he
3: was he just caught he just he popped up on screen it's like, whoa, is that I don't know if he's Andorian or not, but that little character with definite heavy double. It's like, okay, interesting.
2: He's what I'll call uh, discovery Andorian, which is to say that he's got the uh the heavier eyebrows that we see in discovery in the slightly different kind of shape of the antenna and that sort of stuff from what we saw back in enterprise in the, in the SRAM days or TOS for that matter. But yeah, SRAM being the kind of, I didn't, most recent. Antenna.
3: I didn't even see antenna on him. I just saw the face and it's like, Hey, hello there. It's an interesting
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I have a theory about that, Charles. I think and this is just the theory of Jim, which means nothing in the grand galactic scheme of things, but (laughs) the theory of Jim uh, knowing that Jonathan Frakes is directing episode three uh, if I was a betting man, I would say episode three would be the one where Burnham finds the crew because if there's one thing I've noticed about Discovery it's that Frakes always directs the episodes that are the, the episode of episodes.
3: Pivotal. Um, he, they're pivotal episodes. He always episodes.
1: gets the... Yes, he gets the good ones. So, I would, if I was a betting man, I would say the first two episodes they're apart. Brakes comes in and does the third one. They find each other. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but I would guess that would be my assumption. Would you guys agree?
2: Sure, I could see that. I mean, uh, yeah, and it's obvious from the trailer that the all of the scenes that they show of her with Booker, she has her short Michael hair, and then all of the scenes where she's shown with the Discovery crew, she has her long braided hair. So, there's definitely, I I would agree. I think right up there at the beginning of the season somewhere, we're going to get that 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 uh, finding of Discovery and. Man, if freaking, yeah. you know, did that episode, that would be perfect.
1: Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, I could be wrong, though. We I, mean, I have been wrong before. Yeah. i just ask my wife. Well, and she'll tell you. Know. We've but all, we've all rate, been wrong before.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, but I'm wrong. Is all this the the first time. I'm, all, I'm wrong about everything. But at is any this rate, the first I, time
4: that we see multiple people go back in time and get separated? I mean, Hasn't there always only been one
2: ship that always went back in time? Well, it depends on um, what you're talking about. I mean, if you're talking about, like, all our yesterdays, um, you know, people went back to different time periods in the past of a planet because they stepped through the, the portal in different ways, and same thing with the Guardian of Forever. So maybe the first time we've seen two two ships, so to speak, enter one time portal and have them become separated, yeah, I think so.
4: Probably. Okay.
1: So, I noticed there's a Vulcan in this trailer who's giving through the live long, and, uh, live long and Prosper symbol. And we have yet to see Vulcans really showing up other than Amanda Sarek, so that caught my eye. Uh, Tilly, oh, my God, I love me some Tilly. She's just awesome. So, oh. it was great to see her show up. Um, the burn. Talk about the burn Now
0: the burn
1: we know We know for a fact That the Romulan Star Empire is gone They got Evaporated Uh, There's the Romulan free state That we see in Picard Um, But the Romulan Star Empire as we know it Is pretty much gone from the uh, From the Nebula uh, Supernova
3: we, we and, and what I'll say what
2: Jim and what I'll say, Jim, just on that front, to just clarify is that we assume that the the central part of the Ramion Star Empire is gone as a result of Ramyo's being destroyed. what there still could be, which I think some books out there exist that kind of deal with this, what there could still be is there could still be some people calling themselves the Ramion Star Empire that kind of operate on the fringes, you know it's like It's like when the Empire comes back, but it's not really the Empire anymore, right? So there there could be some Romulan star Empire folks out there, Tobolock still flying around out there somewhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think what what I'm saying
2: is that we know that the Romulans
1: are are not the Romulans that they're they're a fractured uh, superpower. The only one we don't really know about are the Klingons. We, We know nothing of the Klingons absolutely nothing but the burn it sounds to me because when booker tells her the universe made a left turn that sounds to me like this burn thing wasn't like something that just happened to the federation it sounds to me like this burn thing affected like everybody you know Uh. describes it and and if you look at the trailer we see we see um, Morns and we whatever Morn is Ithorians. Uh, we see Cardassians. We see a lot of different races showing up together that we normally don't see together. So that tells me that this burn thing was a pretty big multi thing that affected a lot of places. And Kurtzman does say, uh, spoiler alert, Kurtzman does say in the panel. But the federation was strong and healthy. It didn't crumble. It wasn't defeated. Um, this burn thing, whatever this burn is, pretty much took them out. So it sounds to me like bunch some of- type of um, of natural occurrence
2: or something. Like a bunch well, of. Or, you know. or it could be a. It doesn't have to be Borg, but it could be another species and some sort of technology having a mass effect on things. I think about things like um, uh, like the Sphere Builders or like the the uh, beings who have or the Iconians. You know, beings who are out there who have like a um, more influence than human beings do, but not somebody like a Q or a Traveler. I almost wonder if it's like that because it seems like, in order for it to affect an entire galaxy or an entire quadrant at least, uh, it it couldn't even be a natural disaster. It would have to be something else, right? Everybody's too spread out for one natural disaster to affect that many people.
3: One of the things that came to my attention let me throw this one out to you. We've had the uh, supernova. What about something equivalent to let's say a mega nova?
2: Yeah, but but even if you the thing is about that is that any natural phenomenon is going to be uh, limited by the physics of Star Trek, right? So let's say that let's say that it's even one of these crazy things that they reference in what is it Star Trek six? I can't remember one of them, in one of them they referenced that like a shock wave from a planet can travel at warp speed, which is crazy in the first place. But let's just say that that's even possible. If you're going to take out an entire quadrant, even traveling at like warp 9 point something, that's going to take a long time to get out there and really do well, damage. Okay. And the amount of how energy about... that would be required for that to happen, that's why I wonder... I don't know. Na- well, that's, why, take... that's why I wonder about natural disasters.
3: Well, how about this one? How about a quake inside the um
2: mycelia network yeah or, a, or some kind it. of like time 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 crystal imbalance somewhere that caused yeah. some bookiness to happen like I wonder I, what I really am interested in is if they're going to stick with that kind of Star Trek trope where the discovery heading into the future is what caused the future that's what I wonder if they're going to stick to or not you know, like this future uh, would not have existed if the discovery hadn't gone into the future. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Is uh, discovery stuck always fixing problems it creates?
3: Or that discovery brought control into the future.
2: That I do think is an issue. <laughs> I definitely think that's yeah. an issue. That we've because been talking we about since day one, because control is neutralize, neutralized, not defeated. Yep.
1: Well, let let let's talk about that for a second because that's that's you kind of jumped on what I was going to mention briefly. We do know, we do know for a fact that when they went to the Mirror Universe in season 1, that the giant the empress's giant ship that was in the mycelial network was disrupting the mycelial network and causing damage to the to all of the world. Right? That's right. what they said. So yep. we, we know that, that damage to the mycelial network will affect multiple universes simultaneously. That, we know this because they, they established that in season one. We also know, rumor, but we know this, is that Arium is going to be in season three. She was spotted in her trailer, and we know that Arium happened to be a cybernetic being, uh, not a Borg. But everyone suspects that she was the, the beginning of the Borg. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But we do know she's, that she's in season three. We do know the last time we saw her, she was floating through space in season two. So Thank how, how do we get from the mycelial network disturbing all of existence as we know it to Arium being ejected because she's infected with uh, A.I., to her showing up in season three to the burn. What is the thread that connects them all together?
2: It's control. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's control. Control wanted to destroy all sentient life in the universe. And if the burn also be pertaining to the alien from the end of the cloud series. Sorry, what, David?
4: Could this also be pertaining to the uh, creature that was coming through that whole uh, black hole of some sort at the end of the card?
2: Oh!
3: Could be. We still don't know what that creature is.
2: Yeah, so... I mean, that so be anyway, if the burn is the a... If the, if, if the burn is a systematic, you know, extermination of uh, sentient life over multiple star systems and that kind of thing, then that absolutely is the type of thing that could collapse the federation and what would be interesting is you know was it defeated is it still around in season three are we going to be dealing with the discovery crew fighting control
4: i don't know
1: well i i, I got this distinct impression when i watched uh, uh such sweet sorrow which by the way is my favorite episode now when I watched that at the end when Spock and Number One and, and Pike uh, when, and Ash, when they were all telling their story about the Discovery's destruction, lying obviously, I got the distinct impression myself every time I see it, the way they shot it, the way they showed it, that, that the, the, the guy that was doing the interviews was AI. They, they, because they never showed his face. They never let you see him, uh, and they only showed parts of him. And the way they shot that was very, um, very I don't know, very it – it was like they didn't want to show you something. And, and it just made me think that that guy is trying to find out what happened to Discovery because he's infected with AI. That was the feeling I got at the end of that episode. Um, did, did you guys
2: think that, the way that was shot and the way that happened, or
1: am I just out there?
2: Well we talked about this I think back I when mean, that episode came out and I I see what you're talking about, Jim. I did not have that same reaction. Um I just had this reaction. I mean the way it's shot is definitely it seems to be shot in a way that they are specifically avoiding showing who he is. So that I do think is interesting. I wasn't sure if I felt like it was control or not, but uh but you know, it's possible.
4: The agent of section
1: check- no, maybe.
2: Well, yeah, maybe. Speaking
1: of Section Thirty-One, there's something very interesting in this trailer that I wanted to mention, and that is Giorgio. Did you guys notice her kicking some butt?
3: Yeah, well, she did. Oh, yeah.
1: well they said <laughs> and, uh, there was a statement in there. I got the there. impression. I, I got there was the a impression
3: in there said. <laughs>
1: Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I got this. I got the impression when I was watching it that, that Giorgio was not with the rest of the crew because they didn't show anyone else there with her but her, and she was wearing her black leather Section 31-ish outfit. Um, And she's talking with this other guy who's dressed very similar to her, and he tells her, you have no power here. And then she kicks the crap out of him and takes the power away from him. like, well, guess what? I kicked your butt, now I have the power. So... You know, I, I kind of I was kind of like this might be the section 31 of the future or what's left of them.
4: I don't, I don't know. know. Do you what think you section think? 31 think could was. be time travelers who are giving the information to the Federation during the time all the way from the what 30th century? Kind of like the whole story background with Daniel's uh, time travel event where they were getting orders from the Future, and so maybe that's how section 31 became from the future into what we know now.
1: That could be very well, yeah. This is why
2: I have such a hard time with time travel conjecture because (laughs) you know, you also have the Department of Temporal Investigations who is charged with keeping the timeline the way it's supposed to be, right? So, unless you, unless they're gonna do another kind of like temporal war type. Uh, storyline, which I don't think they're going to... I think time travel is going to be a very tiny part of this season. I think you know, if it happens, it happens at the very, very end. Boom. That's it. Discovery gets back. I do think it's interesting whether or not Section 31 would be alive. Now, remember, Section 31 is an unofficial branch of the Federation, so if the Federation collapses, I mean, doesn't that defund Section 31? I don't know. Maybe not.
1: Huh. Well, Section 31 was around before the Federation. They right, were, but they're
2: uh, charged with doing, with doing the things that the Federation's not, not worth doing. And I always got the impression that they do have an association and that some funding comes from the Federation. I don't know. Maybe not. Do you think Section 31's an entirely privately funded organization? Yeah, uh,
4: That's how I got the impression from the Enterprise Series.
2: You got that it was in... Well, that's true. I mean, of course, they were around pre-Federation. But, I mean, I guess when I think about... When they're first introduced, um, they're introduced in DS9. And the guy there, whose name I can't think of, who introduces himself as Section 31, says something about... Coach Sloan. They they do the things that, you know, the Federation's not willing to do. So... um, I always got the impression there was a connection to the Federation, but maybe not. I always thought of them as like the CIA of the Federation, you know, funded by the Federation, but like willing to do black ops. But maybe mm-hmm. they're not funded by the Federation. Maybe they're totally independent. I don't know.
4: Maybe they're you know, related to Don
2: Paxton.
3: Of, Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a lot of fans have been complaining about, you know, why was Section 31 wearing black badges? Why did everybody know about them? Why were they all around? And I, I, I think that... Knowing where where Giorgio comes from Knowing that she's the emperor of the mirror universe And all the viable things that she has done I still think we're going to see Her redemption story (laughs) In section 31 And I think Giorgio is going to be The one that makes section 31 The top secret ultra You know Black ops that no one talks about She makes it all kind of go under the carpet And disappear Because I think that That would be her style you know we want the to bury it.
4: 31 you know yeah, I guess, she's yeah. got
1: bury it. that that's just my theory but i i love her i i think Michelle yo is awesome i still can't get over her kicking kicking lorca in the face when he's standing behind her I and mean, that just blows my mind but anyway <laughs> i uh i love the trailer i i love the, the it just made me want more did what did you guys did you guys catch the scene where they show Discovery crashed on the planet? Sure. Yeah? Yeah, and and what's interesting
2: because they show it kind of going down. They show it shooting stuff at the rocks. And I was wondering if that was like, you know, is it trying to phaser an area so that it can land more safely? But if it crash lands, that a little bit throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing that it's floating out in space uh in Calypso, unless somehow they find a way to, you know, launch it back off the planet.
3: Well, we, saw the, well, we saw the spore drive activate, so I think, it, got, I think it, may, it may eventually get back off the planet, but they got to get right, it off we the saw planet it at,
2: right, Correct, yeah, and they saw it, right, you're right, Charles, we see it activate while it's in space, So, so... I don't know. That spore drive activation really fascinates me in the context of season three because it's either it's gotta be something that happens towards the end of the season, right? Because the Discovery's not doing spore jumps while during season three, is it? I mean, aren't they supposed to not be able to do that right
1: now?
3: Or
2: can they do spore
3: jumps?
1: They can't do any I I was the – they can't do any spore jumps because they don't have the spores. They don't have any spores, right? Unless, unless when they get to the future, there's some type of like like in Back to the Future where they had the Mr. Fusion. Unless there's some type of of Mr. Fusion device <laughs> in the put, future, throw,
2: th- throw some banana peels in there. <laughs> I think it's yeah,
3: damaged. It's the yeah.
2: damage.
3: <laughs> they, they can't. Jump because no is more able sport. to create another four, four, uh, another four planets.
4: Yeah, I unless mean, maybe that's it. somebody maybe on the crew was secretly storing some spores on the ship somewhere.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's there's so much going on in the trailer. Um, I, I now who was the guy who Jamie thought it was a Cardassian, but who was the guy with the um, brown, wrinkly head that was talking to Saru when he said, "I always knew you guys would come back."
4: Yeah, There's I was some, actually going to suggest yeah. that. Um, Ooh, when Edward mentioned who about the, the sphere alien, I thought he looked kind of like the sphere alien a little bit.
2: He looked... Yeah, like I mean, he really definitely had those point, kind of though. muted features. The sphere builders, the one thing I, I thought sphere builder, but then they have... They had like a little thing on their forehead and kind of looked yeah. a little more reptilian. But maybe if he is an old version of that, that would... That would be kind of cool because I could not think of any other races that looked like that. He just looked like a dude who had a really big jawline, right? And a flat face. <laughs> yeah.
4: He like yeah. Skin
2: yeah. And
1: did you guys notice that we saw, I'm going to butcher their names. Did you notice that we saw uh, uh, Adrian and gray in that trailer? And they were <laughs> holding hand. They reached. They reached out, and you. when the camera swung up this time, you could clearly see that he had trill spots on his head in this particular trailer. Mhm. Yep,
2: and we also get a really cool, what looks like, um, like, hug scene or, like, you know, thank goodness this is overseen between um, Awushikun and... Uh, Detmer. Who, oh, and Detmer, yeah. So that was kind of cool too to see those two featured in here because I I really think that one of the things that the show needs to continue to do is develop these minor characters. Um, you know, everybody everybody enjoys the introduction of new characters. Everybody enjoys Emperor Giorgio and and Michael and and all those folks. But I will always argue that I think you got to continue to develop these minor characters to keep people really interested. You know, I I want to learn more about Detmer. Uh, this season than I than I knew about her before. Frankly, I, to be want honest, to see if I never even know her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And guys, we are going to be live okay. for about the next half hour. If you want to give us a call and tell us what you thought about the Star Trek Discovery season three trailer, please give us a call. Six four six 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 eight two four three three is the number. And I want to play the trailer for you guys one more time
0: let's show them who we are we traveled into the future 930 years a one way trip no going back to discovery come in discovery to your copy <laughs> You have reached year 3,188. Is there life here? Anywhere? Multiple life signs detected. Yes! We are completely disconnected, but we are also together. You know, from around these parts, the Federation mostly collapsed off of the burn. What's the burn? The burn is the day the galaxy took a hard left. The Federation isn't just about ships. The Federation is its people.
3: I've always believed that you were out there somewhere, and that we were part of the
0: Federation no matter what. Welcome to the future. Dysfunction aside, you all make a pretty good team. Dysfunction is the team. We've just accepted it. No, we have True believer. Yeah. Time traveler. There was no other way. The thing is, you got no authority here. Let's show them who we are. What? We all want a future that's real. That matters. The Federation gave us the resources and the mandate to solve the biggest, most troublesome problems in the galaxy. And I may question, and I may fear, because the problems often seem insurmountable. But haven't we always risen to meet them? We have worked If things were easy, it wouldn't be worth it.
1: (laughs) So let's talk about Grudge, the 28-pound Poon Cat. I just like, (laughs) wow. Two (laughs) inches from head to tail. That's a monster cat. Even AJ. Where is A.J.? He's not here. Good. Even A.J. isn't that big, and he can rip the headset right off my head and run across the floor with it, and he's not even that big. That is a monster cat. Did you guys see that cat? Uh, wow.
3: Yeah, uh, it is. I, looks like a bobcat. I, I, no, I, I caught uh, a little bit of the uh, all-access on that one. I think he's a mink. Or link. I thought they said he was. But he is, he was actually in, by nature a Maine he is, coon cat. He, yeah, he he's a, a He is a, in nature a large cat. those cats yeah. of that species are large.
0: Yeah.
1: It's one of
3: the, they he, made a mistake. It's one of the He's <laughs> one of the few species that's not wild that can be. Uh, <laughs> Domesticated once you get much bigger than that, you go into wild breed like a link
1: they they said <laughs> when they were when they were doing that documentary there they had a little card up on the screen that said that Grudge was not the largest cat ever seen on Star Trek mm-hmm. that Isis was, and in assignment earth and i I was like, excuse me, stop right there no. Bach is
3: him uh, ISIS. Not yep. that cat. They were no. They referred to the number of cats on there. The largest cat seen is the one in Cat's Paw from TOS. That's the largest. But that was cat. A dog. The that was Other a dog. cats we have seen have been the one, uh, the one that Simon Earth and then Data's cat. But the one in cat's paw is the one they
1: refer to as the largest cat. Yeah, because ISIS Spock is holding ISIS in one arm. Yes. You're not going to hold no, this cat. A
3: large wow. cat. cat draped over his shoulder.
1: <laughs> He's a huge cat. This cat. <laughs> but I just wanted to mention the cat there. Um, because I thought it was pretty cool that they're going to get pets, or not pets, but have animals on the ship. I thought that was cool, actually. Where did it come
4: from? That's <laughs> what I want to know.
3: <laughs>
1: I,
4: from the cat I, planet. I think that it, <laughs> no, I think the, the cat,
1: from what I understand, the cat belongs to Booker.
3: Yeah. That's oh, the
1: way I look it. It, it. Yeah. Because there's a picture yeah, on our know, truck talking made through the
2: per- that the I room.
1: found of Booker with the cat, and I put it on our Facebook page, so you guys can go and check that out. But overall, I mean, what did you think about the trailer overall, David?
4: Oh, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I liked it. I'm actually, I'm excited for season three. Um, I, I'm not really sure how to explain my overall excitement for it. It's just I'm a I'm lost for words right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I had to watch it about a dozen times before I found the words. Uh just just like wow. Wow. Wow 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 <laughs> it, hmm. it, it was that good. I uh I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a really good job giving us just enough information to make us want more but not enough to ruin any of the surprises for us. And that that's a tricky um, proposition to do when you're talking about trailers, but they did it in this one because we still have the first trailer that this kind of fills in some of the holes. Now I think Eric mentioned it. I think it was great that we saw jet Reno because I know the character yeah. of the actress that plays jet Reno, um, um, uh yeah, her T- Tignataro. 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 had some uh medical issues and wasn't able to uh com- you know, complete the season, so she wasn't going to be in the season much at all. So I thought it was great that they showed her to us because we know she's there. Okay. Yeah. By, Is by this the robot her, one? Her um No, she's uh, the we engineer
2: know she's there. She's the she's the she's the engineer from the discovery that uh that helped out when Stamets like had to go Um, into the little mycelial box and do stuff.
1: Yeah. So I think it's great that we see her because that just, that just reaffirms to us that she's there. You know, we, we know that Pignatero or that Jet Reno is there on the discovery in the future. Even if we don't see her again, AJ, AJ, get get down. Um, Speaking of (laughs) AJ, here he is. He right on cue See, yes, he you' heard are, you're talking he, about John mentioned
3: another cat
1: yeah <laughs> you're talking about cats here I am, so I think just having knowing that she's there stop it, um is great. Don't chew that, stop that. stop that. I think having her there is great, yeah, go over there so um I think that was cool, <laughs> and there was something else too. There was a character that was talking to Tignataro, or Jet Reno, Stamets, and Tilly in the engineering scene. And that, that character that was there was wearing that same um, uniform and communicator badge that we saw the guy wearing in the first trailer who rolled down the Federation flag that only had six
2: planets on it. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, I did. It's a. It's actually kind of a return back to the to the unitard look uh, of from TNG, uh, except that it has a black top and kind of like a gray bottom. So it does away with the the color um, associated with the rank, or not with the rank. Sorry, with the department. Uh, you know, engineering, ops, science. So I did notice that, Jim. I thought that was kind of interesting. So obviously somebody from maybe future Federation comes on the Discovery to chat with these guys for a little bit.
1: Yeah. And there was also the scene when when we see Michael Burnham and the Discovery, and it looks like they're flying through the wreckage of a star base of some type. Yeah. I wanted, I was trying to pause it to see if I could get any names or numbers off the hulls of any of these ships, but they were they were just fragmented. And the star base was just kind of destroyed as well. So it was really hard to see what these things were, but they definitely were fragments of ships of some type and a star. Probably DS nine type. Well, I don't think it was DS nine <laughs> because of, of where they are. Because yeah, remember she's, she's going to um, Elysium is where they were going. And yeah. we know from discovery That Elysium was way on the edge of the Federation, and there was nothing there. Last time Discovery went there, which was a thousand years ago. So perhaps the Federation expanded and found Elysium in the time that, that that they were gone. Maybe because how else would all those ships end up around the planet, and the planet ends up basically looking like a burnt ash? when it didn't look like that the last time there was a church there and a whole civilization.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: But there's just things I noticed in it, Mm -hmm. but I liked it. I I loved it. I think some of the
2: sets, some of the sets and locations that we get in this trailer are really, really beautiful. You know, uh, when Booker and Michael are walking out in nature, they're kind of walking through these amazing green fields with these, uh, like fog in the distance and you kind of you get this sense that um that the planet is a real respite for these people i mean at the i think towards the end of the trailer there's this cute scene where a bunch of discovery crew walk up to this giant tree and you see tilly hugging the giant tree i mean i i can imagine that that's what i would do if i were on a starship for you know months and months at a time and i went out on a planet probably one of the first things i'd want to do is to just like check in with the planet around me, you know? Here's an awesome tree. I'm going to give this tree a hug, you know? (laughs) That was kind of a a nice little, like, throw in uh, counterpoint to all of the technology of being on the Discovery and, you know, floating holograms all over the place and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's good. I
4: got a a question for everybody. Um, Did anyone else get the vibe that Booker and Michael might hook up later?
1: Nope. They did show. Did they did show them kissing. There was a scene with them in the, each other's arms kissing. So they do. What? They in do share a kiss at one point in the trailer. yep. there is that. Yeah, this that makes me wonder if
4: my theory actually is going to be more of a a real thing now. <laughs> and, and you know, we we see a lot of new
1: characters in this trailer too. There's that Vulcan that we've never seen before on the Discovery. Um, You know, there's these two, there's Ardra, or is that how the name is? Ardra? Arria? Uh, What's, what's, I'll have to hear the show to see how they pronounce the name, but you got Ardra and Grey, which are going to be two new characters. Booker, who is a new character. And then you got the Federation Envoy people, persons, whoever those are, which are new characters. And uh, you got these Trill. We're seeing a lot of new characters in season three so far. Which, I mean, (laughs) is that a good
2: thing or a bad thing? I, I, you know, don't know. Well, that's what I was saying was I feel like it's a balance. It's okay to introduce these new characters, but if you want to make us fall in love with the Discovery, the ship, and the people on it, you got to give us more uh, from the minor characters. That's my... That's my opinion. So I always want a little bit more Detmer, a little bit more, uh, you know, of the folks behind the con. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I am trying to find, I'm watching it right now. I'm trying to find the spot where they kissed Jim. I can't find it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's there. (laughs) I want to see more of Pike. That's what I want to see. I want to see more of Pike. But, um. Anyways, before
2: we
1: <laughs> run out what of that? time, Eric, <laughs> <different> um, <laughs> what, what was your overall your overall thoughts on the trailer?
2: Uh, my overall thoughts on the trailer were that it uh, it got my excitement level really pumped up, and uh, and that's what a trailer is supposed to do. So yeah, I I definitely give it a nine plus, super awesome trailer.
1: It was it was really good. How about you? What, what about you, Charles?
3: Maybe a couple of answers, but just a lot more questions into what's going to be happening this season. So definitely a nine being a good trailer. I just think it's going to leave a lot of mystery of what's going on, which we're used to when we kind of expect it. To and how
1: about you, David?
4: Um, I would I would probably have to give this a, uh, a nine point, for the uh, excitement that it brought and what Charles said, it left a lot of unanswered questions. So I'm kind of like right around 9.2. Yeah. You know what? I I think I, I think it's probably
1: a first, but I'm right there with you guys. I think around a nine is a perfect place for this trailer. It really made me want more. It was only two minutes long. It didn't give us a lot, but it filled in a lot of the stuff we already know from the first trailer. And it just it gave us enough to want us to say, "I want more." And so yeah, I mm-hmm. think <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I would agree. And listen, I want to let you guys know this was just our our quick trek, okay? Thursday night, trek talking and beyond. We're going to talk in a lot more depth and detail about this trailer. We'll have some time to digest it and watch it a few dozen more times and really pick out some of the details. We'll be talking about this in more depth on Thursday night. And uh, we also have some Star Trek news. There was a lot of panels that we're going to have to go through and, and pick apart and see if there's any stuff going on in those trailers that we can talk about. And, of course, Star Trek Lower Deck. And this is, what, this is the episode. This is the trailer for Episode 6 that we're going to be talking about.
0: What are you doing? Sometimes the hum warp engine sounds just soothe
3: myself.
2: I get it. It's like... <laughs> Deck 11, something is very wrong down here. What do you think's in that cargo that has everyone so wound
0: up? I hope it's old communicators. You know the original clamshell design? Shields up. Yellow alert. Our crew is ready and focused. Do you know how hard it is to get cheese out of bird?
1: So we're going to be talking about that episode, Star Trek Lower Decks. I don't think there's a title released for it yet. There might be. I haven't seen it if there is. But whatever the title of that episode is, that's the one we're going to be talking about on Thursday night. And uh, you guys can go over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond, and follow us over there. We'd love to have you join our family. And you can go over to Blog Talking and follow us there. That way you'll get email alerts whenever we throw together a quick show like this one or one of our regularly scheduled shows like Trek Talking and Beyond like Stunt tracks with myself and the Leslie Hoffman, like Comic Corner, our monthly Star Trek show where we talk about Star Trek in the comics, our other monthly show, The Book Nook, where now we're talking about Discovery books, and our semi-quasi-periodical once-in-a-while show, The War Room, when we talk about Star Trek uh, games and things of that nature, which there hasn't been much to talk about, so that show is kind of out in limbo right now, but it's still out there if we need it. So, you can check out any one of our shows. We really appreciate it. And I think that's all I have to say, guys. Anybody else want to say anything in closing before we say goodnight? Anybody? I'll just
2: say go watch Star Trek.com. Best of Both Worlds is on right now. Right now, people. <laughs> right this <laughs>
1: second. So, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to David for calling and hanging out with us tonight. David, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I want to say thank you to Charles for hanging out with us as well. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you.
3: It's always good to start talking Trek. Thank you, like. Throw, this.
1: To, throw together a quick Trek. And of course, got to say thank you to Eric. Eric Eric's the one who uh, said to me, hey, we can do a quick Trek. I said, absolutely. So here we are. So thank you very much, Eric, for hanging out with us and joining us for this quick Trek.
2: You bet. I had a blast, guys. Thanks very much.
1: It's always fun. And, of course, I'm Uncle Jim, and, and uh, I really appreciate each and every one of you guys joining us tonight. We couldn't do the show without you. Thank you very, very much. I just want to tell everybody to stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye, y'all.
3: Can
0: we go already? Yes, fine.
3: Engage.
0: This episode is made possible by PwC.